0: Hello, and welcome
1: to the podcast of Pastor James Biddle and Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Remember, we are blessed to be a blessing. Let's Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for your Word. I just thank you, 2 Corinthians 5, 5, that we have a mighty deposit of your spirit in the people. Lord, I'm praying this morning, Romans one eleven, that we'll have a mighty, mighty impartation. Lord, we pray that your word, uh, we believe it, it is living and active, according to Hebrews 4, sharper than any two-edged sword, living and active, and we just receive that word today. We stand on your word, and we thank you that you're leading us, Lord. Thank you that we're growing in faith. Thank you, we're growing in our knowledge and our relationship of you. Today, as this sermon, this message goes forward, thank you Colossians 1-7, it bears fruit. Fruit from the very moment it enters our heart, in Jesus' name. And if you agree, would you say, amen. Amen. We began talking to you last week about building a fabulous future. I think you'll see that uh, title slide, Jared, building a fabulous future. How many know God has a better plan for your future than you think that you have for your future? And we're going to look at uh, Luke chapter 6 in just a few minutes. Would you just look at your neighbor and say, God has a fabulous future for you? Would you tell him, God has a fabulous future for you? Now, I know right off the bat, some of you in the house, you may not actually believe that. You may not actually buy into that. Because all you can see is what is right in front of you. There have been moments in my life and times in my life where I did not have a great vision for my future. But this morning, I believe among other things, God is going to stir up on the inside of you. His vision for your future. How many of you would agree looking at your situation right now, it's hard to see a fabulous future in your in your in your front view mirror. You know what I love about a car? If you look at the the car, how many know the front windshield is way bigger than the rear view mirror? The rear view mirror is this big and the front windshield is is much larger. And that's because God has a much better vision for you, and it's much bigger than even your past. And so you may be in a situation right now and you may not see any way out of that debt. You may not see any way that that relationship is going to be healed and restored. You may not see any way out of that sickness. You may not see any way out of that troubled situation. Maybe it's a a constant problem in relationships in your family. You may not see any way out of that job. You may feel like you are stuck. You may feel like the hamster on the wheel, making a lot of movement and a lot of motion, but no progress. This morning, I believe God's going to help us get unstuck because God has a fabulous future for you, and he has a fabulous future for me, and we would do well to get on his plan. Now look at Luke chapter 6. Let's turn to our text scriptures this morning. Verse 46, we're going to read these. Adriana came up and shared this after a couple of sermons ago, and it really, I had been thinking about it and praying about it, and the Lord began to really uh, steer some things in me and dig some things in me, so she'll really appreciate this text this morning. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord and do not practice what I tell you? Now come on, isn't this a good place to say amen? Isn't this a good place to shout me down right here? Why do you you call me Lord, Lord, but yet do not practice what I tell you? Jesus is saying, why do you want all the benefits and blessings of me being your Lord, but you're not willing to obey? No hankies waving at me this morning? Nobody running around the building over this? Notice this next verse in verse 47. It gets better, I promise. Verse 47. Do we have verse 47? Okay. I'll read it here. It's taking its time. The computer needs a little coffee this morning. He said, Everyone who comes to me and listens to my words... And obeys them. I will show you whom he is like. So everyone who comes to me. I love this. Everyone. The gospel is not exclusive just for Americans. The gospel is not exclusive just for Caucasian. Or just for African. Or the gospel is not exclusive just for the rich. The gospel is not exclusive for just the poor. This is everyone who comes to me. And in the original Greek language. That word come is in the, is in the continuous tense. Over and over and over again. Continually coming and continually coming and continually coming to Jesus. Everyone who comes to me and listens to my words and obeys them. I want you to see the threefold cord here. Come to Jesus through worship, through his word, through coming to church. That puts you in position to listen and hear his words. And then that's God's part to give the word. But then we see our part. Our part is to obey. Our part is to put action with our faith. He says, Everyone who comes to me and listens and obeys, I will show you whom he's like. He is like a far-sighted, practical, and sensible man. How many of you would like to be considered a far thinking, sensible person? Let me let me see your hand. How many that's a stretch for some of you in the house? Sometimes we don't see past our own nose. But the man who comes to Jesus, he is like a far-sighted, sensible man who's looking down the road, and it says he's like a man building a house. And he dug and went down deep and laid a foundation on the rock. I'm so happy that you're here this morning because this is a part of you laying the foundation for your life. And he built his house upon the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, now does that say if a flood arose or does it say when? In life, here's a revelation, you're going to have storms. You're going to have problems. You're going to have challenges. Jesus said in this world you will have Tribulation. You will have difficulty, you will have challenge, but don't fear, I have overcome the world. So when the floods of life come, the torrent, the winds broke against the house, it could not shake it or it could not move it because it had been built on the rock. So that's the wise man who built on the rock. We know Jesus is the rock. Would you say this out loud when we say, Jesus is the rock. Jesus. Now we look here at a foolish man. It says, but the one who has merely heard and has not practiced. The one who has merely heard the words. The, the person who comes to church and hears about giving but doesn't give. The person who comes to church and hears about praying and fasting but doesn't pray and fast. The person who comes to church and hears wisdom from God's word but they leave and they don't put into practice. That person is like a man who built a house on the ground. And the, the ground can represent the earth, the earth's wisdom and the earth's systems. The person who doesn't build his life on God's way, but he builds his life on the earth's way When the torrents came and they burst against the house immediately it collapsed and fell And the breaking look at the next screen it collapsed and fell And the breaking and the ruin of that house was great How many know people who have tried to do life on their own? They've tried to do it their own way and they had a great fall that a great ruin. My heart for you today is to keep you from having a great ruin. I was laying in my bed last night praying, and I wasn't praying that I would preach well. I wasn't praying that I would have great words to speak. I wasn't praying that even necessarily the building would be full, that that's a good thing, but I wasn't praying necessarily that I would have this great power and this great anointing. I was laying in bed last night praying that you would get a hold of this word and that you as the person that is hearing this word would have something in your heart changed, your faith would be stirred, and that you would never have a great ruin because your house is built on the rock and built on the foundation of wisdom and built on the foundation of Jesus. Now last week we gave you some destiny wisdom nuggets. And I want to give you a few more this week. If you were not here last week, get the podcast. Those six or eight destiny wisdom nuggets are worth the entire sermon. You can fast forward, listen to that two minute deal, and then you will be, you will be good. But I want you to get that. Pull up our next destiny wisdom nuggets here, Jared. I want to show you some new ones that I have that are going to really help you today. Today's choices affect tomorrow's destiny. Would you say that with me? Ready? Let's say it together. Ready? Today's choices affect tomorrow's destiny. Especially all the uh, young people in the house, even the older people. This can help all of us in the room. But especially those of you who are really in the planning stages of your future. Please make good choices today. Please make good choices today, even at 13 years old, even at 16 years old, even at 19 years old. The choices, even at 21, the choices you make today affect tomorrow's destiny. God can have a great destiny for you, and you can derail that train by your choices. Now, can God redeem it? Yes, but it, what might take a decade for God to redeem, you could actually walk in. In one or two years, you could begin to walk in the destiny of God. But because of stupidity and because of bad choices, you could delay that destiny 10 to 15 years. Now, there's hope for you. Thank God for Somebody say, thank God for mercy. Thank God for mercy. But instead of waiting 40 years to get to the promised land, it should have been a three-week journey. The children of Israel walked around that mountain 40 years. I, mean, I believe I would have evaluated after one year. What's going on here? But they kept going and kept going. They didn't learn. Please make good choices. Who are you hanging around? Do the people that you're spending time with and developing relationships with, do they add to your God-given destiny or do they take away from it? Your pastor's giving you wisdom this morning. Notice, whatever is first in your life will determine your decisions. Because God is first in my life, that leads me in my decisions. I love this one. Successful people do daily what unsuccessful people do occasionally. Well, don't you feel special? (laughs) Where's mine? (laughs) Success. Say it with me. Ready? Successful people do daily what unsuccessful people do occasionally. Your success, are you ready? Is hidden in your daily agenda. Let's look at the next screen. Look at the next set of Destiny Nuggets. I want you to see this. Let's read this together. Ready? Read. You'll never change your life until you change something you do daily. If you don't like your present, if you don't like today, begin to make better decisions today so you can have a better tomorrow. Notice the next one. Your success or failure is hidden in your daily routine. If you Can't get out of bed till 11 a.m. every day. You're probably not going to have a very successful future. Unless you want to work night shift. And then you might actually have a successful future. Let's make better decisions today. We have, this is, this is, this is the, the misnomer in the body of Christ. Ready? We have really, really high hopes. We have really high hopes for a good job. But we can't show up on time. It's quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning. We have really, really, really high hopes for this great paying job, but we're not willing to advance in furthering, continuing education. We have really, really, really high hopes for a great spouse, a great mate, but we are kind of jerky to everybody around us. We, you should brush your teeth if you want a date. Can I have an amen? I'm just helping you here. I'm just helping you. Take a shower. It might help. Amen. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. A little cologne goes a long way. Can I have an Amen. All kinds of stuff's going through my head. I will continue to preach. Your success or... I hope this is helping you really seriously. Well, I want something spiritual. This is way more spiritual than you may know. Your destiny, your fabulous future is hidden in your daily routine. Yesterday is history. Can't do anything about it. Tomorrow is still a mystery. So treat today as a gift. I love Meshach when he said, he said, let's thank God for the opportunity to worship. Treat every day as a gift. Look at the next one. This, is, this will help you here. You choose your choices. Let me agree. You choose your choices. Well, I can't help it. So-and-so made me do it. No, 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 no. You did it. You chose it. I'm working with my children right now to own it. Noah is such a good little man. I love Noah, but he can, he can pitch blame almost as good as his dad. <laughs> he can blame other people for what's going wrong almost as good as I can. He's not quite to my level yet of, of shifting responsibility. But man, for a 10-year-old, he is really, really good at putting responsibility on other people. And I am having to really hit that head on with him and say, no, you did it. It may not be your fault, but it is your responsibility. So I'm trying to help you. Your choices, you choose your choices, and your choices choose your consequences. All the parents in the house, can I see your hand? All the parents in the house. When I discipline my children in love, according to the Bible, I tell them, now you did this to yourself. You're losing your PlayStation. Dad is not taking your PlayStation away. By your choice that you made, your choice is causing you to give up your PlayStation. I mean, a life is connected. So it's not me. Don't get mad at dad. Dad's not the bad guy here. You're the one. You did this choice. You knew it was wrong. Therefore, you're losing your PlayStation. You choose your choices, and your choices choose your consequences. You cannot drift your way into success, ladies and gentlemen. You must determine your way to success by the word of God and by the will of God. Can I have an amen for some destiny nuggets? So we begin to give you here... Four facets to build a fabulous future. This is wisdom. This is not only am I telling you, you need to do this, you need to do this. I'm giving you the how. I'm giving you the step-by-step instructions. Number one, you got to read the instructions. We won't spend much time on this because we covered this last week. But ladies and gentlemen, get in the book. Get in God's Word. Get in wisdom literature. Get in the book. And then there's three things here concerning reading the instructions. Number one, come to Jesus. Number two, hear His words. Number three, follow and obey. Get in the book. This book here that Meshech is holding, the Bible, it has God's plan. Not specifically in every detail, but it has God's overall plan and His will for your life. Please read the instructions. Amen. How many of you have ever put something together and didn't read the instructions? Man, I was putting together a little tricycle one time. we got a lot of people in the house that don't read the instructions. Oh, I can figure that out. I know how to do that. So I was trying to put together a little tricycle one time, and I thought, it's just a tricycle. How hard can it be? How you many know after I had put the thing together, and the steering wheel was on the bottom, and the, the tire was up on the top? How you know I had to take the thing apart? And I said, I'm going to read the instructions. My, my dad, I love my dad. He will help me build something, and he will sit down before we even open the box and read the, the instructions cover to cover. And I'm over there like opening the box, putting stuff together. And he's like, "Would you wait just a minute?" And he wants to read the instructions. You know, he makes far less mistakes putting stuff together than I make when I put stuff together. Y'all heard last week? We built a little shelf. For the restroom that goes behind the toilet. And we built it outside in the room. And then we realized you were supposed to put it together behind the toilet. And we couldn't get it. And when we went to take it apart, it broke. And we had to throw the thing away. I was so mad. I dragged that thing out to the curb. The trash was going to come and pick it up. And my wife was even... Less happy than I was because it was the shelf she picked out. So I learned I will always at least glance through the instructions. <laughs> May not read them cover to cover, but I will at least glance through the instructions. Our life would be so much better if we would get in God's book and just do what it says. Come to Jesus through intimacy. It starts with relationship. Do you know why Jesus said, come to me? And then he said, hear my words, When you come to Jesus through worship and when you come to Jesus through prayer, it positions you to hear. And and you need that relationship to obey what he says to do. God doesn't just say obey. He says, come to me and out of relationship, you'll have the grace to obey what I'm commanding you to do. Look at Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, 7. Thank you. Appreciate the media team keeping the preacher on track. Only be strong and very courageous, meaning don't fear concerning your future. Moses has died. Moses, the great leader of the people of Israel. And now the torch has been passed to Joshua. He has been given the task of leading the people of Israel into the promised land. Joshua in the Hebrew means deliverer. Meaning he was actually going to be the one who brought the people of Israel into their destiny. This is a destiny passage. He's now equipped with doing something Moses couldn't do for 40 years. He's been past the torch. And God says, don't fear about your destiny. Don't fear about your future. I have a fabulous future for you. But let me say this. Just because God has a fabulous future for you, it does not alleviate you of some determination. It does not alleviate you of some pushing. You can't make it happen in your own strength, but it does not alleviate and relieve you of personal responsibility. We have a part to play. We want to sit back and let the destiny of God just happen to us. But we have to be willing to do some things to put ourselves in position to walk in the destiny that God has planned for us. He says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do everything in the law of Moses. Come to Jesus, hear his words, obey. Be careful to do everything which Moses commanded you. Do not turn from the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. Now, you know, people over spiritualize everything. Well, I really want God to lead me here. You know, I really want God to lead me here. LaDonna, this verse says, I'll have success wherever I go. Yes, I want to be led by the Lord. But I'm not always asking, Tito, I'm not always asking God, where do you want me to go? I'm going and trusting the Lord to say, oh, nope, don't go that way. I, I follow the Lord with a much greater no than I do a yes. Everybody wants a yes. God, should I marry this woman? And we want a Yes. But really, I think it's easier for me to hear, no, no. So I'm going, man. I'm just going in life. I'm just, when we plan staff meetings and we're vision casting for the church, and we're talking about outreaches and, and, and God leads something or we feel something stirred. We say, you know what? Let's just go. Let's go this way. And then we'll trust the Lord to say, actually, I would rather you hold on and go that way. And that's where the Lord leads me in a great way. You know what? Wherever I go. God will be with me and can give me success. And I'm trusting the Lord to say, I don't want you to go that way. Go another way. We need to be sensitive. Can I have an amen? Notice here the book of the law. God's word shall not depart from your mouth. Somebody say mouth. You shall meditate on it once a week on Sundays between 10 a.m. and noon. Oh, wait, that's the non-inspired version. You shall meditate it on Sundays and Wednesdays. If you're a really devoted, dedicated Christian, then you'll really meditate it on Wednesdays between 6.30 and 8.30. And if you're a really, really, really dedicated Christian, you'll, med- you'll meditate on God's Word once a month when we have our Women of grace and once a month when we have our Journeymen. And then you're going to get involved in a life group. And if you're a really, 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 super, super, really dedicated Christian, you'll be meditating on God's Word about eight times a month. Ten times a month. Is that what, is that what your Bible says? The book of the law, God's word, shall not depart from your mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, the best thing I could ever teach you is to speak the word of God. Use the book. Read the instructions and speak God's word. And then you shall meditate. Means to mutter over and over again. Means to imagine. Day and night. Day and night. When? Day and night. Look at this. So that you may be careful, the next verse says, to do all that is written within it. For then, would you pick up reading with me for then, ready? Read, for then you will make your way prosperous and you will have success. Everybody wants the fabulous future. Everybody wants the great job that Samantha's going to get with her PhD. But very few people want to go through the years and years and years and and expense and cost to get the job that Samantha's going to get. Everybody wants to play guitar like the guy on TV or the piano, but do we want to put in the time and effort and energy practicing in the sports world? Man, everybody wants to be in the NFL or play at college, but you know it takes a lot of practice and a lot of dedication. Why in the church do we, we want this? We, and yes, it's grace. I'm not stepping on grace. God's grace gives us everything that we have. We can't work for, earn, or deserve God's grace. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying God has given you a fabulous future. There are some things that you must do so that you can then make your way prosperous. And then you can make your way successful. Everybody wants to prosperous and successful, but they don't want the day and night meditating on God's word. So I'm here to help you today build a fabulous future by coming to Jesus out of relationship first. Hearing his voice, hearing his words, and then obeying and doing and following. Number two, the second facet to have a fabulous future. Is this good? Is this helping anybody in the house? If you amen, I might preach a little shorter. If not, we could go a while. And everybody said amen. Number two, are you ready? Say this with me, ready? Preparation time is never wasted time. Thank you, two of you over here. Let's try it again. And and over here. Ready? Preparation time is never wasted time. Don't get frustrated in your season of preparation. How many know every good steak and every good piece of pork and and every good pork chop and every good pork shoulder that becomes the best pulled pork or or beef brisket or anything like that? How many know there's a season of preparation? There's a, and I put this in here squeeze every bit of seasoning out of every season. Where you are right now is not wasted time, preparation time. Is never wasted time. Matter of fact, the more we can prepare now, the more God will be able to use us later. You'll never advance towards your tomorrow until you learn all the lessons of today. Christians become so discontented because, let me give you an example we can all understand. We see the vision, like we're walking and there's like a, the fog, you know, and God lifts the fog and momentarily we see the vision, we see the end goal, we see that job. We see that college, we see that debt gone, we see the bank account full, we see us, you know, maybe healed and whole, and we see a good marriage, and and we see the vision. We see a great church reaching the, the nation from right here in East Tennessee, and then the fog comes back down, and we have to trust each step. The Bible says, your word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Path is destiny, but your feet is God will show you each step to take. And what happens in Christian circles is we become so discontented because we see the vision, but yet what we don't, what God doesn't show us is what we'll call the fuzzy middle. All we know is right now, the next steps. Tara Lawson's a great example of this. She just took on a great job serving with Kiko, and for years she had a a vision, but there is a pretty good season there of fuzzy middle where she didn't know what she was doing and wasn't doing the destiny and felt like something was missing, and one step at a time, God began to order her steps. But in Christendom, we get so disappointed. What if your vision is for when you're 55 and you're 20? Or if you're 55, what if the vision is for when you're 70? Is it, is it still, is the vision less important if it comes to pass when you're 70? You see what I'm saying? The fuzzy middle, though, that we don't know. We don't know how long that takes. Here's a prime example. There's a pastor here in Knoxville, a man of God, a trusting man of God of integrity, the Lord spoke to him for, uh, now I wouldn't recommend this unless God spoke to you about it, but his church was really wanting to grow and advance in some things, and they had more vision than they had money, and his house was paid for, and the Lord led him for the past five years, I believe it was, to borrow $25,000 each year against his house. Now, I'm not, again, I'm not recommending that, but this is something he felt real strong. So for four or five years, I believe it was five years, he, he borrowed $25,000 Uh, out of his, basically his retirement, his nest egg against his home to put back and to invest in his church. And and, uh, the Lord would help him, he'd begin to pay it back. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, this man called him that used to go to his church about three years ago. He had not talked to this man. This pastor is, this is real, this is a legitimate story. I know this, this is bona fide actual fact. The man had not been to his church for about three years, hadn't thought anything about him. God had led him somewhere else. He called this pastor. He said, I've been trying to sell my house for about three, four months. And he said, I've not even had anybody look at it. I'm not getting any showings. He said, God woke me up last night and told you to give me my house, give give you this house. It's in Foxton Country Club on the golf course. Tax appraisal is $950,000. He was given the house completely free and clear. And you know, God has a way of paying us back when we sacrifice for him. Now, again, I'm not advising you to do that unless you really hear a word from the Lord. But here's the thing. He obeyed God not knowing. Man, he's, he is 70 years old. He is ready to retire not knowing, he, God, I'm giving away my retirement God, I'm giving away what could be my nest egg. I'm giving away what could be my equity in my home. I'm trusting you. There was a season of fuzzy middle that he couldn't see. And then out of seemingly nowhere, God gave him a million dollar house. How many a retirement is looking a lot better for this pastor. He's looking, he's looking a lot better. Now again, he heard from the Lord and he obeyed. And, and so here's, here's my point to this. I heard this story at the pastor's conference I was at this week. He shared that. And I looked at my wife, and I said, you know what? I said, this just didn't happen in four or five years. I said, he reaped this because he's a prayer, he's a giver, he fasts, he prays, gives sacrificially. I said, this is 40 years of harvest. So here's my point, Tara. Here's my point, Tom. We we see the vision. Debt free retirement, you know. But what we don't see is the 40 years in the middle of all the sacrificing, all the giving, all the praying, all the fasting, not to get God to do something, but to put yourself in position. We don't give to get, we give out of obedience. And God just blessed him in an amazing way. Preparation time is never wasted time. That 30 years of preparing by fasting and praying and sacrificially giving was all preparation time. You cannot build a house in a storm. How many, I can't even open an umbrella in a storm. You got to open the umbrella before the storm comes. You cannot build a house in the storm. Put the word of God in now when you don't need it. So when you need it, it is there and it can rise up on the inside of you. Put God's word in now when you don't need it. So it will be there when you do. Look at Proverbs twenty-one thirty-one. The horse is prepared for the day of battle. But victory belongs to the Lord. Our job is to prepare. And God brings the victory. Look at Ezekiel 38 and verse 7. The prophet Ezekiel declared. Be prepared. Prepare yourself. And all your companies that are assembled about you. And be on guard for them. Prepare. Be prepared. Preparation time is never wasted time. Take this season that you're in. And let God develop your character. We want the big vision and we want the big blessing. But if we're not faithful in a little now, how could God trust us with true riches? Which I believe is the gifts of the Spirit. If, if I can't obey God in my simple tithe and offerings, how's God gonna trust me with the anointing to pray for the sick and see them healed? How's God gonna trust me with words of wisdom, words of knowledge, if I can't handle the small things in a big way? Is this helping anybody today? Is this too is this too good? Is this too mature? We can handle this right? I'm trying to help you so the word here in in Ezekiel the word prepared is the Hebrew word kun and it means to set in order say that with me ready to set in order I want to help you here it means to be ready firmly established set up or set in order so he's saying set things in order are you ready I got to give you word of the Lord you're not going to like it but I'm just the messenger I'm just the delivery boy Order is the first step to advancing toward your destiny. Order. Do something to create order. Dear me, pick up the trash out of your car. Pick up the trash out of your front yard. Clean a room. Do something. Well, I don't have really nice stuff or I don't have a nice car. You cannot have the nicest thing and you can do something to create order. Dear me, pick up a piece of paper off your desk and put it in a filing cabinet. Anybody out there? Now, I don't do this perfect. I'm growing in it like you are, but I'm trying to help you. If your life is chaotic and you're not advancing towards your destiny, some things need to be reordered. Order is the first step. I'm trying to help you here. Order is the first step of preparation to advance toward your destiny. We're all growing in it, so if you get in and see a little trash in my car, don't rebuke me and stone me, okay? But I'm telling you from the Lord, order is the first step. In preparation, have you ever heard the story of the three little pigs? Wouldn't you like to see little pigs with no pants dancing around on a screen? (laughs) Come on, Jared, show this clip. I want you to get a visual of what I'm talking about this morning. Now you're glad you came. Hi. good now the two pigs that took shortcuts and didn't put the preparation in notice when the enemy came and he said i'll huff and i'll puff and i'll blow your house down did you see the fear they were so afraid but the third little pig who took time to prepare. The other little pigs were off playing and goofing off. And just. Que sarah, Whatever will be, will be. And just getting as much. as Just getting by with as little as possible. Notice they were so fearful when the big bad wolf came. But did you notice the one who built his house on the rock? Did you notice the one who had a brick foundation? The one who had took time when they were off playing. Messing around, goofing around. He was working hard. Did you notice how much confidence he had? The big bad wolf is blowing at his door and he's in there on the piano. He's singing and worshiping and praising God, even though the enemy is outside going, I'm going to huff and puff and blow your house down. Do you know why we're preaching this message? Do you know why we showed you a goofy clip about the three little pigs? Because so many Christians, when the big bad wolf comes, the big bad devil, he says, I'm going to huff, I'm going to puff, I'm going to blow your house down. We run scared. We tuck and run. And we become so fearful. And God says, I do not have that in my plan for you. My fabulous future is that you can resist the devil. You know, the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. I, in the old days, they'd have testimony services. And there'd always be one old man would get up and go, I just want to thank God that I've been running from the devil all week. And he just about caught me, but I've been running from the devil. And now, knowing what I want to know, I go, stop it. Stop it. Quit running from the devil. You resist him firm in the faith and he will flee. You resist the devil, James 4, 7, and 8. And you watch him run. And you watch him for And so when the devil comes and he says, you, and this is what I say. I say, man, devil, you can huff and you can puff, but you'll never blow my house down because I'm built on the rock. I'm built on the foundation because I'm reading the instruction manual because I'm preparing now in advance. Look at this PowerPoint for life, ladies and gentlemen. Failure to prepare now. Failure to prepare now is preparing to fail later. Put the Word of God in now when you don't need it, so it will be there when you do. we got to be prepared. So much more I could say. Prepare now, prepare now, prepare now. Preparation time, the season you're in, is never wasted time. Prepare your heart for God to speak into it. Prepare now with character. Character, integrity, giftings and charisma will take you places. Character will keep you there. Giftings and charisma may open some doors for you and take you places, but character will keep you there. Prepare and work on your character now. How do you do that? Do the next right thing. Start by putting your buggy back at Kroger in the shopping buggy place. Start by walking your box of macaroni back to the aisle instead of just letting the cashier do it. I know that's little and that's goofy, but it's small things like that that fold into your character. Then when big decisions come, you're out of your character. You make the right decision. You make the right choice. Then when the big bad wolf comes and says, I'm going to blow your house down, you're not afraid because you're built on the rock. Amen? Amen. All right, number three, and we'll get ready to close. The third facet to a fabulous future is if Jesus commanded us to obey And he attached a blessing to obeying he will give us the grace to live it out let me read that again if Jesus commanded us to obey and he did and he attached a blessing to obeying then he will give us the grace the power to live it out let's look at Ephesians 2 8 through 10 Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 declares this God saved you by his grace when you believed You can't take credit for this. It is the gift from God. Verse 9 says salvation is, is not a reward for good things that we've done. None of us can boast or brag about it. Because verse 10 says we are God's masterpiece. We are his workmanship. You've heard it said, that's the Greek word poema. We are God's poem. God wrote you. He wrote your story. He wrote your fabulous future. We are God's masterpiece. We are God's Perfect creation. God has an awesome plan for us. Notice what the Bible says. He created us again. Brand new in Christ Jesus. So we could do the good things. That he planned for us long ago. God built a fabulous future for you. And by God's grace, you can walk out and live and obey and hear and follow and do the things that God has called you to do. Because he, he planned good works and good things for you to do long ago. Say this with me. Say, long ago, God built my future. God is the author and finisher and the perfecter of my future. He's going to give me the word. He's going to tell me what to do to walk into my future. And by God's grace, I can obey. I can follow. I can hear and do. And I'm going to have a fabulous future. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Y'all did good. That's good preaching. Y'all should try it sometime. That's really good. So number one, Read the instructions. Get in God's book. Number two, take advantage of seasons of preparation. Prepare now for the storm. Put the word of God in concerning peace if things are peaceful. If you're good in your body, put the word of God in now concerning healing. You know when I study and and listen and saturate myself with healing scriptures? When I'm well. That way when sickness comes, it's in there. It's on the inside. You know when I study and really meditate on prosperity and financial blessings and scriptures when I've got money in the bank and the bills are paid. Because when there's no money in the bank and the bills are not paid, it's really hard to put that in and have faith. Can we be honest? You know when I pray over my marriage and bless my marriage? When it's when we're really clicking and we're in a real season of intimacy we're in a real season of fellowship. You know when I pray blessings over my uh, my children and how, how good they are and how smart they are and how well behaved they are when they're behaving and doing what's right. You know when I pray over my kids' grades in school when they're making good grades. Don't wait until the storm comes. Now wherever you are, wherever you are, you may be in the storm right now. Start now. If you're in the storm, please start now but if there's some area in your life that's not in a storm, begin to put the word of God in now, so when you need it, it'll rise up within you, and you'll have authority, and you'll have faith, and you can receive everything God has for you. Last one, we're going to prepare, and we're going to allow God's grace to help us do what we're called to do. Help us by your grace, obey these words, and then last one, number four, don't build your house alone we need community we need faith people of faith i need james and Ladonna, and george needs tom and tara and candy needs jim and tc and sam we need one another we're not going to stand in a circle and link arms and sing kumbaya but man i'm telling you be appropriate we need each other do not build your house alone we need community look at galatians 6 1 through 3 dear brothers and sisters If another believer is overcome by some sin, you should turn your back on him and never talk to him again and kick him out of the fellowship. Because he doesn't have enough faith. Because he's staining your good reputation. Is that what your Bible says? I'm just making this up up here. Look, that's that's the way a lot of churches do it. The Bible says, dear brothers and sisters, if a believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly, you who are mature... You should gently and humbly help that person back on the right path. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to help you stay on the right path. Just tell them, I'm going to help you. We need to help each other stay on the right path. You should gently and humbly help that person back on the right path. Look at the next verse. Be careful so that you don't fall into the same temptation yourself. He's giving wisdom here how to do this. But it says, share each other's burdens. Look at the next scripture in verse 2. Share each other's burdens. In this way, you obey the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? To have a passion for God and to have compassion for people. To love God with all of your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. When we share one another's burdens, when we do not build our house alone... We share each other's burdens. There are people in this room today who have burdens that you could honestly help bear. As the pastor, I cannot physically, emotionally, or spiritually come and help bear every one of your burdens. My job is to really help you through teaching you these wisdom principles. And I will do as much as I can on a practical level. But there's ever how many of you and one of me? But I'm telling you, there are people in this room who have legitimate burdens that we could come alongside as a body and we could help bear those burdens. We're not talking about just gospel socialism. Not even most of these burdens I'm thinking of are not even financially. These are just um, emotional burdens and relationship burdens. We, but you know what? We don't. We come in. We come in right at 10 a.m. And we leave right as soon as the preacher says amen. And we don't connect and know that Meshach actually has a burden. And if I would get to know Meshach just a little bit, God might lead me. And I might actually be the answer to his problem. I believe the answer to some prayers are sitting in this room. But we get so stinking busy, that I don't know that AJ and Bless have this need, because I'm so busy, and I come in and leave, and I don't connect, and I don't know, and I never take anybody to lunch, and I don't ever spend time with anybody, and I don't ever talk to anybody, and I don't know that I may be the answer to Tito's prayer. I may be the answer to help bear that burden. Now, there's all kinds of wisdom on how we do that, and if you're a sinking ship, you know, you can't help anybody. You know what I'm saying? You got to get yourself strong and stable. If it, if if you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself because you're not that important. That's good wisdom right there, amen? Look at Hebrews 3. We can help each other. We can bear each other's burdens. Don't build your house alone. And And by that same token... Be vulnerable enough to share when you have a problem. Be open enough to share when you need help. And if I can't help you, we'll find somebody that can. We can all bear burden of prayer, amen? If you have needs, share. Share those needs. It's what we're for. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. Look at verse 13. You must warn each other. So take care of your heart first. Get your heart right first. Build your house on a firm foundation. And then you can help others. It says you must warn each other every day. How often? So you now got permission to bug your neighbor. You now got permission from the Bible to get into their business every day. (laughs) Every day. Come on, somebody say every day. You must warn each other every day while it is still today. Now, don't be pesky. Don't be nosy. We're not getting in people's nosy business just for nosy. We're being led by the Lord. Notice this here. So that none of you, so that none of you, plural, meaning if Tito gets deceived by sin, it's on me. If George and Rita get deceived by sin, it's on Candy. If Kaylee gets off and drifts away, it's on Carol. If Tom and Tara get off in a ditch over here, it's on all of us. We collectively. He said, check your own heart. Make sure it's right. Get in your other people's business so you can help bear burdens. And it says, so that none of you, as a collective group, as a collective body, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and your heart will become hardened against God. Do you see the picture of the church? So that none of you become deceived. Last passage, we're going to let you go. Unless y'all want me to preach more, man, I got more in me. We could keep going. Did you say keep going? (laughs) Everybody else is dismissed. Meshach can stay. Hebrews 10, last one. I know this is not running around the building stuff, but this will help us because I don't want Satan coming to you, huffing and puffing. (laughs) I don't want him blowing your house down. I want your house to stand. I want your house of faith. I want your kids. I want your house. I want. Your, I want your house of faith to stand. That's why we're doing this message. Let us hold tight without wavering the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted certainly to keep His promises. Let us think of ways. Verse twenty four. I love that. Listen. Let, let your mind go here. Remember, we're sharing one another's burdens. We're not building our house alone. Let's read this together. Everybody out loud. Ready? Read. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Look at the next one. Let's read together. Ready? And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. The reason we push house to house, the reason we want you here on Sundays, the reason we want you here on Wednesdays, the reason we want you at Chili Cook-Offs, and the reason we want you at Family Food, the reason we want you in life groups is because the more we meet together, the more we hear and learn about burdens, the more we can be functioning as the body and we can bear those burdens with one another while it is still today. Amen? Man, I hope this helped you. I don't know if you know it or not, but I've taken my heart out and I've just laid it before you today. BECAUSE I DO NOT WANT YOUR HOUSE TO FALL, I WANT YOUR HOUSE TO STAND, IT'S MY PRAYER FOR YOU, AND WHATEVER WISDOM YOU GET OUT OF THIS, PLEASE READ THE INSTRUCTIONS, PREPARE NOW, PREPARE YOUR HEART NOW, LET GOD GIVE YOU THE GRACE TO OBEY, AND THEN LET'S let's DO THIS THING TOGETHER, WE NEED EACH OTHER AS THE BODY, DON'T BUILD YOUR HOUSE ALONE and IN AN ISOLATION, AMEN, AMEN, WOULD YOU STAND WITH ME? Lord, thank you for this message. I just pray that you cause it to grow and bear fruit in every heart, Lord. That when the wind comes and the rains come, that we'll be able to stand. And we'll stand for you. And we'll not lose another relationship to hardness of heart. We'll not lose another family, God, that Satan sifts like wheat. But Lord, we'll stay committed to following you. And I just pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Would you just, where you are right now, grab the hand of somebody next to you. I want to ask Candy to come and lead us in a prayer. Just grab the hand of two or three people there. I want Candy to pray over us, and then we're going to be dismissed. And I just want you to pray for a minute. I just want you to pray for just a minute that they will build their house on the rock. Everybody, just grab a hand. Just pray for that person on your left, person on your right. Just pray that they'll have the strength to obey, and that God will help them build a fabulous future. And after candy's done, you're dismissed. we'll just tell you we love you and we're gonna have a great week.
0: Lord, I just pray for every person and every family represented here in this place today. Lord, I just pray that we have the the courage and the strength, Lord, uh, just to dig into your word. Lord to know you more. Lord to to read your instructions, not just um, for the word, but to, to know who you are, Lord, so that we can stand strong when the storms come, come our way. Lord, and if there's someone who is in the middle of a storm right now, Lord, I pray that as a family of believers that we can come alongside them and help build their house for them and help uh, keep them strong. Lord, and I just pray that as a body of believers that we can um, stand with each other and that we can become vulnerable with each other and we can just become a community that we are meant to be. Lord, I just thank you for this this family. And I just pray that we can just continue to... um, to be vulnerable with each other and just to grow in faith and and just to grow in community. Thank you. Jesus, we just we praise you for who you are and for who you're creating us to be here at Emmanuel. Amen.